Did your favorite NFL team win the Super Bowl? No? Then the NFL Draft is your Super Bowl. I'm Danny Heifetz, and from now until the draft, we are turning our fantasy football show feed into the Ringer NFL Draft Show. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we talk about the top players and most important storylines for the NFL Draft. So join us on the Ringer NFL Draft Show. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. On today's episode of One Shining Podcast, oh my goodness, I cannot believe that I am back in this seat right here and I am sitting next to a man who has OSP written on his arm and a palm tree through the middle. Who's the idiot now, guys? Yeah, who's the idiot now? <laughs> um, probably still me, but it's okay. Uh, I am Tate Frazier, in case you didn't know, and uh, this is going to be a show about college basketball. And it is one show called One Shining Podcast. We're going to come to you twice a week, all throughout the year. We're going to tell you everything that's happening, both on the court, off the court, all the characters that are involved. And of course, we might talk about a man by the name of Rick Pitino. It's going to be all great things when it comes to the world of college basketball and beyond. I can't wait to get into it. And on today's inaugural, I guess it's not the inaugural because we've had so many before, but on today's new revamped episode of OSP, we have a special edition, and it is with a man who gave me the opportunity in the world of sports and a man who gave me an opportunity in the world of podcasting. His name is Bill Simmons, and Bill Simmons is going to come on the show today. We're going to run through some of uh, the timeline of my life, his life, how we intertwined, how we did a Bill Simmons podcast for four years before uh, my great pr producer here, Kyle, took over once upon a time. And uh, we'll get into all that. We'll talk about, you know, Coach K, maybe. We might talk about North Carolina. We might talk about, you know, some big stories in college basketball. But regardless, I'm excited about everything that's ahead. Kyle, is there anything that you're excited about uh, to talk about on this show before we get into it? Nothing. But first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Technical foul. All right. Oh, my goodness. Just hearing Woody Durham again. I never thought that was going to happen, Kyle. I really didn't. Did you think that was going to happen? 
Uh, I mean, I've been I've been really trying to make it happen. I don't really have that much power to make it happen, but I've been willing it to happen. I, you know, I, uh, I I lure you to frolic room every once in a while. Right. Like, hey, you know, it would just be fun if wouldn't it be crazy if we just it's like try to try to like somebody that's your, your that's your friend and you're like trying to convince her maybe we should just go home tonight. Wouldn't it be crazy? If wouldn't we it just be crazy? Went home together. It's uh it's pretty crazy. I'm not gonna lie. I uh, I did not expect um to be in this position in 2023 or I, not that I didn't expect it, but I had no idea this would be possible. Um, so to sit here and have my good friend Kyle, a man who. Uh, the two of us are the only people uh, outside of uh, Joe Mead, pour one out for him, that have ever really produced Bill Simmons uh, in a podcast form. With so, any regularity. Yeah. Right, with any regularity. And as Kyle has learned and, and something I learned at the age of 22, it's your own call, you know what I mean, for <laughs> yeah. Bill Simmons. So uh, the two of us have been on call for him for, you know, what? You've done this now, what, four years? Probably four years, yeah. Wow. So that was about, I did four years, you did four years. Yeah, we probably both have like 500 episodes right. around there. Right. And we're both still in our 20s, but we're aging rapidly <laughs> yeah, uh, because so of that. Yeah. And neither do I. Neither do I. I. Like looking at old pictures of myself. I noticed always... your back's better, though. <laughs> My back is better. You're sitting up straight. There's no stretches going on. I've, like been in, time. I've been in L.A. for eight years. I, I learned about something called foundation training, Kyle. So uh, I worked on my back. I worked on my joints. Uh, shout out to my trainer, Nick, for getting me together. Uh, these are all good things. Um, but yeah, here we are. We are back. It is One Shining Podcast. Some of the best times of my life came under this banner. Some of the funniest things that have ever happened to me in the world of sports have <laughs> happened under the OSP banner. And uh, when when I left and, and went with uh, Mark Titus and we did the Titus and Tate iteration of our show, there was always just, you know, one missing ingredient. We, we tried to find it a million different ways, but I still come back to that ingredient. And it is you, Kyle. You were the one that always uh, that always felt like you were missing. And uh, right now, just having you here and being able to talk to you, I'm fired up. It's great. I felt alone. I didn't really get awesome closure. I mean, you know, you you guys brought me to a Dodger game and then you kind of shot me behind the woodshed and you Yeah, left. that that was me. And then yeah. Titus was like, you know, everything's all right, man. We'll figure this out. And then it was like a week later he was gone. Then my buddy Jim sort of bounced it in his own way. So, you know, at first it was sort of like, you know, mom went out for cigarettes and and you know, never came back and it was just like dad was like, "We'll figure this out." And then dad like dropped me off at a gas station in Arizona or something. And then I just <laughs> was kind of in foster care. And now it's like, you guys, you know, <laughs> you guys got divorced and now I'm living with mom. And it's just, you know, life is starting to make sense a little more. And then the, the last thing is I, not only was I right on the tattoo, I was right to just not really make any more fucking friends at the ringer. I just, I, I figured one would come. You were back. waiting for me. <laughs> you were waiting for mom friends. to come back. So yeah. I, I, I'm happy to be back. Uh, I am beyond, uh, you know, just literally just so fired up. I can't even talk right now because I'm so fired up. And the good news about this show is that we have lots of time to talk. And uh, we have honestly though, Kyle, a very short runway when it comes to college basketball, I because <laughs> uh, I believe it is almost March. We are we are a day away. And if you're listening right now, it might probably already March. be March. It yeah. probably is March. So uh, congratulations. You made it. You made it to March. And now the madness begins. And the good news for you listening at home is that you actually didn't need to watch much of the regular season because uh, this season there's been so much turnover. Uh, if you were in the top five, you were basically cursed to be out of the top five unless you were a team like Houston. But for the most part, it's been a lot of teams trying to figure out who they are, trying to figure out uh, if they actually are a title contender. At one point in the season, the UConn Huskies were the undeniable best team in the country. And we are far from that right now. UConn is still a team that can win the national championship, obviously. But this year, there's probably about... I would say 20 teams that could potentially win the national championship. And usually that number is around maybe eight to 10. So 
that's encouraging if you're a college basketball fan. That's encouraging if you're a fan of basketball because upsets are going to happen in March, which is going to be fun. And we're going to be here for all of them. I mean, as far as I know, Kyle, right? I mean, hopefully we'll be here. Yeah, we'll be here and we'll be here long after where we're going to have to find stuff to talk about. And, uh, you right. know, we were just, we were, you know, chopping it up the other day about like segments and stuff. And, you know, I'm still looking out for, for the best names in college basketball. I mean, there's been quite a few stories and, uh, and those are just the ones that are in my purview. And, you know, I've, I'm not always so locked in. Um, it's okay. No one at the ringer is locked in on college <laughs> basketball. That, that also is a freeing part of this. Um, you know, I talked to, to Bill Simmons who we're going to have coming and joining us in, in a couple of minutes, but I talked to him when all this kind of came to be uh, a few weeks back. And, you know, I said, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what this is going to look like. You know, I, I, I don't know if I, if I want to do this type of show. And he said, Hey, we got no college basketball coverage. It's got to be better than Couldn't that. Couldn't be worse. Couldn't, Couldn't be, be worse. Worse. And for the haters that are saying it is worse, well, that's on you. That's on you. Welcome you don't back. Have to, yeah, we missed you. yeah, yeah, yeah. Miss you. Miss you. And uh, I hope the Duke Blue Devils have a good time in March. Hope they play well uh, for your sake. Uh, but yeah, no, it's fun. And and college basketball is something that's near and dear to my heart. Um, I'll say this as just a PSA to everyone out there. Here's what we do now. We know that college basketball is a regional sport. We know that college basketball is known and loved by the people that are close to it in local communities. So I'm not going to sit up here as a national person in Los Angeles, try to tell you everything about your team as if I know more than you, because let's be honest, I don't. But what I do know is that college basketball is the best. I know it's the most rewarding game to watch. I know that it brings feelings that I've never had any other place on this entire planet. So college basketball is important. College basketball is going to take center stage on this show. And uh, that's that's what we know. That, that's what everyone needs to know. It's like we're not always going to know exactly what's happening in the day-to-day of, you know, Dayton, Ohio. That's a relief. But I would like to know. <laughs> and, and if you're from Dayton, we're going to have correspondents coming in giving us the insight, giving us the information from regular Joes, the common man, all the way to the experts of Jay Billis, maybe even a Jim Nance. You know, I'm going to call Michael Lombardi after this and say, please tell Jim Nance to come on my show. We'll Lots see what happens. these next couple of months. I got to beg. I, I will I have to get on my knees and beg, Kyle. That's going to be part of this. Um, but it's going to be fun. And uh, the good news is that the Ringer does have a lot of good basketball minds, minds like Jay Kyle Mann, who is going to come on the show. I think our plan is to have Kyle Mann be our Tuesday shows. And uh, for the people at home that are saying, what about good guys? What about bad guys? What about Kyle's guys? Well, do I have something for you? What about good man, bag man, Kyle man, and Kyle's man? Because these are young men at the end of the these day. These are young men. These are young men. Not these are not just guy guys. On the yeah. These aren't just guys. You know, we're going to have some more respect on this show. We're going to have some more class. Um, and we're also going to have one of our favorite bits, you know, and it's easy plug and play. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for you to find some of your guys. I can't wait. I can't wait. And my favorite part of this, this whole show over the years, and this is what you talked to me about the other day, was like, I think you said, you were like, characters welcome. Yes. Because like, I'm not, I'm definitely not going to be doing a lot of stats. If you think I'm going to be printing out charts and, and, Please don't. Uh, and ranking uh, Please people's don't. stats for you. No. That's not going to happen. That's not, I'm not that kind of guy, man, whatever you want to call me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not that Kyle, man. So, uh I've just, I always love that aspect of the, 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 who the fuck are these guys? Did he really say that? Did he really do that? And uh, that's why I'm really excited to fire up the Patino watch. I've been hearing things uh, yeah. and I'm not plugged in. So if I'm hearing things, I think we should all be watching. Uh, but I'm looking for the next Rick, <laughs> Rick Patino. I'm looking for the next uh, Mick Cronin. I'm just, I, it's just, everyone gets so, 
so fired up in a good way that sometimes it, it comes out in crazy ways. So uh, I'm that's what I'll be looking for. And I just I love all the stories and uh, it's the best time of the year. So. It's the best time of the year. And that's the slogan for the show. Characters are welcome. And our favorite character is obviously Rick Pitino. Rick Pitino, the Rick Pitino sweeps, sweepstakes start today. Uh, so if you're at home and you're keeping track, Rick Pitino has let everyone know he has been cleared. Uh, if you haven't been keeping up, Rick Pitino did nothing wrong. Everything was a lie. It was all Adidas's fault and they frauded the schools. So blame Adidas. Do not blame Rick, Rick Pitino. And Rick Pitino is at Iona right now. That was the only school that would give him an opportunity. And now he is looking across the landscape, Kyle, and he is trying to figure out who is going to be his next suitor it is honestly better than The Bachelor. It's better than Love Island. It's better than The Circle on Netflix. Whatever stupid TV show you watch, the Rick Pitino sweepstakes should be number one on your board. Has he been gone long enough where it's like Deion Sanders sort of thing? It's like, good for him. I wonder where he is. It's he good been gone for him. long enough where he just had a full reset. And it's yeah. like, why don't they give Rick Pitino a shot? I mean, come every, on. Every <laughs> single pudding, every single program, including Louisville, who has won four games this season. So if you if you left us in 2019 and you said, okay, Louisville's a great program, uh, well, welcome back. They've won four games. <laughs> uh their current head coach, Kenny Payne, is uh up for good guy of the year or good man of the year at this point. That's right. So come on, uh, figure it out, yeah, good man of the year. He's gonna be up there. Uh so Rick Pitino could go back to Louisville, but it's not even a program. That He's even entertaining. There's Georgetown, Kyle. That's that's a team that we're going to talk about with Rick Pitino. There's Notre Dame that's been thrown out. Wow. And I think the number one team on the board, uh, you mentioned Jim Cunningham, former producer, uh, a man that uh, worked with us at the Ringer back in the day. He's a St. John's fan. And I think the Johnnies in New York with Rick Pitino <laughs> yes. in Queens. Come on. Come on. Get the hair gel. Yeah, right. Come on. This is uh, These are the things that we're excited about on the show. But uh Look, there's a lot of college basketball to get to. I can't wait to talk about all of it. I know that you guys are fired up. It's great to be back at the Ringer. It's great to be uh, doing a show that I have such an affinity for. And uh, I almost felt like I'm, I'm, I'm removed from myself right now as I think about all that's ahead in the world of One Shining Podcast. But before we get into all that, let's get to a man who made this all possible. His name is Bill Simmons. And coming up right now, it is the founder of TheRinger.com. Mr. Bill Simmons himself. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear. Especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it, you can work out in it, you can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com. Slash Simmons. All right. Welcome to One Shining Podcast. I am Tate Frazier and I am sitting in You've reclaimed it. <laughs> I can't believe this is real. I uh I'm sitting downtown Los Angeles. I'm sitting across from the man who uh once upon a time gave me an opportunity, you know, and said, I don't know, this kid from North Carolina, from Henderson, North Carolina, he might know something about basketball. I'm not really sure what. 
Um, he is Bill Simmons, and uh, he is the founder of TheRinger.com, and uh, he is a man who needs no introduction, but Bill, it's uh, it's great to be here with you. So we've gone from my little guest house in the back. Yeah. When we had to teach you how to edit a podcast. What a time. Which you learned on the fly. <laughs> and then we had the office in Sunset Gower. Yes. Where I was doing the pod and you were kind of on my left, but I could still look look for the reactions. That was a time when I could even get pictures with some of the celebrities. I was so young. I was 22. Some of the celebs, you got to like all of them. I got you all would have cost them. Right. I'm like, David Duchovny, please stand up and take a picture <laughs> right. with me. Please. We had some good ones. We, oh, man. We had a like two year run there of just people coming through. And then when you, then you passed it off to Kyle and Kyle became my producer and yours. But pre-pandemic, we were getting people left and right. So now we're in this even fancier studio now <laughs> in LA and you're back. It's like you never left. I, uh, 2023. Right. And uh, I don't know what the pandemic was for a lot of people, but I feel like for whatever reason, it was necessary to get me back to where I wanted to be, you know, and, and in this position, uh, you know, I feel like when we talked when I first started, you know, I was 22, fresh out of college. I drove out from uh, North Carolina after I graduated. I was in El Paso, Texas at a blockbuster and I got a phone call from Mallory Rubin. And Mallory Rubin says, I don't know if you've seen Twitter, but uh, some things are happening. And at the time I'm like, what do you mean? I, I'm in blockbuster, I'm in El Paso. I'm, you know, I'm having a great day with my girlfriend at the time. I look, you know, they're like, Bill Simmons is, is done with ESPN. I'm like, do I have an internship? What, right. what, what, what do I do? And at the time, you know, I was talking with my girlfriend. We're like, should we turn around? Should I go back well, to think Charlotte? Think about all these things. Blockbuster El Paso. <laughs> Blockbuster's gone. Yeah. Your girlfriend's gone. <laughs> Me and Grantland ESPN, that's all gone. Well, that's where it started, you know? Yeah. And I could have, you know, at that point in time, there was, it was like uh, this watershed moment, you know, I could have turned around and driven back to North Carolina, worked at ESPNU and, you know, that would have been my life. But there was something in my gut that was like, just keep coming out there, keep driving out there. And uh, I got to Los Angeles, was at Grantland for a couple months. Jacoby, David Jacoby, who I love and adore, uh, you know, told me he was like every Friday for the next four weeks, you're going to take stuff out of Bill's office and take it to his house. And that, that's what you, that's what's going to be your day. I was starting to get mad because I, I wasn't allowed to come back to the building. <laughs> it's, it's insane how they handled it was everything. So it really was. I was like a first bout Hall of Famer for them. <laughs> and they're acting like I stole copies from the copy maker or something. Right. But I had all this stuff. And after a couple of months, I was saying to Jacoby, like, dude, can I have like my posters back <laughs> and the things in my office? Like, is anyone bringing those back? And then one day you showed up with your a car full of stuff. With your birth, on your birthday, I believe. Yeah. September 26, uh, 2015. I, I came to your house, had all the things in the back of my forerunner at the time, got to your house. You were, you were gracious. You, you welcomed me in. You were like, this is where we're taking everything. Start unloading it. And then I think that created, uh, and Kyle thinks this is hilarious, but that created like kind of this idea that I worked for Amazon. Or that I was like a poster boy <laughs> that was like working for a delivery service and delivering your posters. But really, it was because of David Well, Jacobi. I knew you were because Jacoby was like, right. I'm going to send Tate over. Tate's a good guy. you like him. <laughs> and then I remember we hung out outside my house yeah. in the driveway. And you were telling me your whole story and what you're about. And I was like, I don't know. Sometimes I trust my gut with this stuff. But I was like, I like this guy. This seems like. Yeah, we talked know, about we, the ABA. That oh, was yeah. Like our, that was you seem like thing. a real basketball fan. Yeah. You were the first person I'd ever met from the South. I'd never, no, that's not true. Um, but you kept asking me, you're like, you sure? You're, you're like, what's going on with the South? Um, but yeah, we talked basketball and 
at that time we were just trying to think about the ringer and and yeah. who we'd want. I didn't know what was going to happen with Grantland. I I wasn't too optimistic because I the people that were running ESPN at the time I didn't trust them at all. Right. I think I felt like they just did not have that site's interest at at heart. Yeah. And I was like, maybe we could grab Tate for our journey. And like within two weeks, you were in my guest house. And we were taping, uh, I think I could start doing, maybe it was less than two weeks. Yeah. On like October 1st, October 2nd was when I could officially start doing podcasts. Because we had to wait. I think it was week five was the first week that we did. Right. Guess the Lions with Cousin Sal. It's the only time I've ever missed Guess the Lions. Yeah. Was like, I think four weeks there. But some of the stuff I don't remember, like was Sal on the phone or did he come to my house? Sal was on the phone the first time. Because yeah. I remember it was, I was trying to figure out how to get, I was looking up YouTube tutorial. I wasn't telling you this, obviously. Yeah. But I was looking up YouTube tutorials of no, how I to create you a- you were figuring out. You're like MacGyver. You're just... <laughs> it was a lot of MacGyvering happening. And uh, I just remember that Friday that I brought the posters, Carrie, your your, your wife, she was like, you know, you you and Bill are hitting it off or whatever. And then you got your book of basketball. You wrote me a really nice note, you know, like basically like, thanks. Yeah, I felt bad you had to schlep all my stuff. So I got Well, I, you're like, and I'll see you in another life, you know, maybe. Yeah. But it, and I thought that was the end of it. That was on Friday. And then you called me, I think a couple Sundays later, right? As, as things yeah. were happening. And you were like, hey, you want to be my producer? I was like, yeah. yes, <laughs> sign me up. Get me out of this ESPN Disney world, whatever yeah. you need me to do. And uh then we had four years together and uh, it was the best. It was as I left and got perspective away from it, I didn't realize one, how lucky I was and how much I learned. You know what I mean? When, when you're in it, yeah. you kind of don't process things as they're happening. But when I got away from it, I'm like, wow, I got so much better being around smart people. And, you know, I just developed my voice. I developed who I wanted to be. I learned what I couldn't do, what I could do. Cause well, you made a lot of rookie mistakes. I remember one time <laughs> you were going back. Yeah. You had a flight, but the podcast, like something happened and it wasn't done yet. And we had ads for it. Yes. And <laughs> I think I remember I texted you. I'm like, hey, this thing's not done. Like <laughs> you got to come the file didn't say, and you got to come back. Right. But you hadn't told me you were like flying back to North Carolina. Because I had my I had my parents. My <laughs> right? girlfriend was long distance. All so you zoom back and you fixed it. And I could see you were like, especially panicked. I'm like, what's going on, Tate? And you're like, I'm supposed to be on this plane in like an hour and a half but it'll be fine it'll be fine and then i i think you made the plane i think i did yeah you made it like a half a second to spare right i would just run on planes back then and i'd have to you know i was going back like once a month on these red eyes so we would get done with the podcast and i would fly back to north carolina and i'd be there for you know barely 48 hours then i'd come back and keep doing the pod so it was just initially it was my pod and the watch Right. You were doing Chris and Andy too, right? And then, yeah, Chris and Andy. And then- and that was all in my guest house. So those guys, you you had a key to my house and you had the code in the back. <laughs> those guys did too. And I had two young kids and I had a couple, I had three dogs. Right. And you guys would just kind of come and they, the dogs wouldn't even bark after a while. It was literally, uh, it, it, and to see where it's gotten to, right? When I right. came here, I came to Spotify today. We're, you know, walking around this uh, beautiful facility and then I'm just laughing to myself deep down because I'm like, wow, this started in Bill's pool house with Judd Apatow on the right. couch. Stepping, up, <laughs> stepping over dog shit. Right. Um, yeah, we Ben's had, trying to push me in the pool, you know, like there's all that. We had the, we had Michael B. Jordan came that right. time. We right. had some celebs, but then eventually we moved to the Gower Complex. And then you started, you were like the first producer we had. Right. And then we had the Pod Save America guys. Yes. And Keeping all of a sudden you were producing like four or five pods. 
that first wave, we had the Ringer NBA show. Then we started hiring a couple of people. Channel 33. Yeah, Channel 33. That was the, that was the start of it And then when did all. you get the college one? It was initially the pivot, right? Yeah, the pivot, I think uh, it was 20. So the Ringer launched February 2016, I believe, is when the website Somewhere launched. Somewhere there, yeah. Yeah, and I remember when they launched that, you were like, what do you want to do? You know, you, you know, I'm usually just sitting over there in the corner and silently just waiting to edit or whatever. And you're like, what do you want to do? Well, like, you what? were definitely like, you were a young and hungry guy. But at some point I was like, all right, <laughs> there's something here with Tate. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, a couple of times I, I, we, you came on the pod and I just like bounced stuff off you. Yeah. Cause and man, you were good at that. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what he wants to do. And then you just told me. Yeah. I was like, I love college basketball. It's something that even if I was never getting paid, I would keep up with it. It's something that my family lives and dies. I mean, it's basically our religion, you know? It's yeah. like Carolina basketball. That's what it is. Born, bred, and dead. That's, that's, and you that's hated Coach is. K, which I loved. Right. And, and I was like, finally, I found my Coach K soulmate, somebody else who despised The, the hypocrite him. of all hypocrites. You know <laughs> what I mean? Right in my face every single day, getting away with murder in my mind. And, right. uh, and then I had this national platform and uh, Mallory Rubin, who again was the person that called me in that blockbuster in El Paso, Texas. Right. She said, I will be your co-host. I will help shepherd, uh, you know, that experience. And the, the, the crazy part about that is, you know, Mallory ended up being a podcast superstar, you know? And at the time, she's like, I'm an editor. I'm a writer. I don't even want to do this. I'm doing this for you because, you know, I like college basketball. And yeah, uh, it just I mean, she's one of the most amazing people I've ever worked with. But when we were, it was the four of us plus me. Right. It was Sean and Julia and Chris and Mallory. And we were planning out um, the ringer and what we thought we could do and podcasts. I was like, well, Julia will have one and Chris will have the watch. Um, Sean's going to rub the, run the website with Mallory and maybe Sean down the road will have a movie, something we never even considered a Mallory podcast. Yeah. Cause she was, she was just like, such she a was great the best editor. young editor we had. Yeah. And she had never really been on pods. And within two years, she's doing binge mode. Yeah. But one that's of the biggest like, podcasts that were at was at the ringer. Yeah, the cool thing about The Ringer, like Grantland and The Ringer, there's some differences, there's some similarities, but I think we knew from the Grantland thing, the big thing was never, never assume. Mm -hmm. Like whoever you bring in, like never assume they're just going to be doing this. And I think that we've had a lot of success with that. Like somebody like you, you started as a producer. By the time you leave, you're like, the, you had the best college basketball podcast, right? Yeah. Um, Mallory starts as an editor. She runs a website. Now she's running our whole nerd culture vertical, <laughs> but she's like one of the biggest pop culture podcast voices. Kyle has a tattoo on his arm. You just never know. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. And look out. I mean, Kyle is kind of... Uh, one Kyle's of, in the stage in Utah in front of 250 people giving them life advice. He, he's a star. And uh, one of my favorite stories of my ringer time obviously involves Kyle because uh, this is when I was doing your podcast. I was, you know, like you said, running all over the place, doing yeah. Keeping It 1600, whatever it was. And you were like, hey, my nephew is moving out here. Yeah. Um, you're going to take him out tonight. And I'm, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I don't know who this is going to be. I'm sure this kid's not going to like me. And I, and I had like an idea of like what he would be, you know, in my head before I even met him. I'm like, okay, this is probably what he's going to be. He probably wants to talk about, you know, the I Patriots. knew you were his kind of guy. <laughs> right. I don't know why, but I was like, I just feel like these two will like each other. I, I, it was one of the greatest, uh, setups I've ever had in my life because I go, I get Kyle, we go to, was it vice principals? Yeah. It was the vice principals premiere because you know, you were at HBO at the time. Oh, so yeah, yeah. you had these two passes, which was great. You were like, I got these two passes. I don't want to go, you know, Carrie doesn't want to go. You go with, with Kyle and you entertain him. You guys have a great time. I get him. We end up going there together. I think Carl, one of the interns also. Oh, yeah. Carl us, Brooks. Right? Yeah. 
Right. So we, the three of us were there and uh, I didn't know Kyle very well, but we we're about five minutes in and he's like, I got to go rip a heater. <laughs> I'm like standing at the bar. I'm like, this guy's all like, I was like, he's checking all the, you know, the points early that I like. I like what I'm seeing. And then he's like, I got to go outside and smoke a cigarette. I'm like, okay, great. So I just go with him. We go outside. It's Walton Goggins, Danny McBride. They're out there ripping heaters. And, and this is like leading up to, you know, their premiere of their TV show together. Um, and you would think Kyle, you know, just out in L.A., I was like, he might be, you know, blown away by these celebrities. I know I am. I love Danny McBride. Yeah. Kyle's like unaffected. Of course. Doesn't matter to Not him impressed. at all. He's more just like, okay, that's cool that they're right there. And I'm like, I like this guy. I like the way he carries himself. And, uh, you know, he was on the TV show at first, but then he came to the podcast side. You're like can Kyle do podcast producing? I'm like, yeah, sure. And then he, I mean, he's a better producer than I was, you know, like by the time that I left, Kyle was better at mixing, like all the, all the technical things. You guys like, were both really good. Well, I kind of, there were times where. The funny thing with Kyle though, you left out the part where my wife made me hire him for the HBO show. <laughs> and I was like, the, the real world doesn't work like this. And she's like, I never ask you for anything. That is true. You're hiring Kyle. Yeah. And I'm like, but she's like, there's no but. This yeah. is happening. She told this me. my brother's son and you're hiring him and he's going to move to LA and work for you. She looked at me in my eyes, you know, cold look. And she goes, don't you be a dick to him. It's <laughs> <Right. laughs> like, I have no intent. She's like, I love my brother and he's moving out here. And I'm like, all right, Kyle's a good guy. He can, we'll figure out something. Right. But I just thought he was going to be a PA on the TV show. And, and then the TV him. show lasted four months. Right. And then we had to figure out plan B for Kyle. And plan B, plan B was great. Plan, plan B, B was, was great. great. So then eventually when, uh, when we knew you were going to do more hosting stuff, cause you had the Lombardi pod, right? You had the college hoops pod and then we do mine three times a week. It got a little complicated. I was like, all right, can maybe it's Kyle torch time. And Kyle stepped right in. Oh yeah. I mean, you, you gave me the, you know, you gave me the nice push that I needed. Cause as you know, when I started, my only priority was the Bill Simmons podcast. Like, if right. there was anything else going on, I'm just like, I I know who hired me here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't care about anything else. I'll get bills done. So then when you were like, you graduated, go be free. Go time. You know, it was great. And, uh, you know, and then being with Lombardi, I, I still talk to Lombardi all the time. Lombardi is one of my, uh, my favorite people. And having him as like a confidant. And, you know, I was a fan. And I still am a fan, and I think that's something that I'm proud of. But I used to be almost I didn't I didn't know how to turn that part of my brain off early on. Yeah. And Lombardi helped with that. You helped with that. And uh, that that whole development of that time, like I said, it's like I didn't know that that was happening, but it was something that I needed, and it kind of changed how I talk about sports in the best way. I think one of the things, like if I if I could do things over again, I didn't fully understand even. At Grantland, saw it too, and then at the Ringer too. When people go from nobody knows who you are to like you're in the mix and you're in like yeah. the orbit that we've created, especially like with you, you're tied to my podcast, and like you just get dissected in a different way. And I could see it was starting. I don't know if bothered the right words, but it was a lot. Yes, where all of a sudden, like you're on my pod, and for a twenty minute segment. People start having opinions of you. You go on some message board and people are dissecting <laughs> yes. it. I did not know what Reddit was right. until it was shown to me. Or you, and Twitter it broke replies. My brain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, any, any of that stuff. <laughs> and I don't know, people process it in different ways. And some people think like, I'm doing great. My shit doesn't stink. Other people think, oh my God, I just read, you know, John 69. <laughs> 
<laughs> back back juice. He got me. He, he, got he me. just really nailed me with that insult. <laughs> and it's funny. So now I'm way more. I just talked to somebody. I won't. I won't name who it was, but somebody that works for us who I really like. Who we talked about this for like 25 minutes about. I had to give him the speech because that's not what I call it. Of like, don't let that fucking shit affect you. Don't yeah. worry about like what we think. Worry about like we are invested in the people we have. Don't worry about like the fucking idiots on Twitter or yeah. Reddit, wherever. Like, just worry about how we think you're doing. Yeah. But that's really hard to explain to somebody that just goes from nobody knows who I am to, oh my God, people know who I am and now I'm getting picked apart. Yeah, and there's this level of uh, imposter syndrome, you know, that comes with that and I'll be honest you're with like, you. You're like, maybe they're right. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, John 69, stinky face. <laughs> Back juice. Yeah, yeah, so he got me, you know what I mean? I was like, <laughs> dang, he got me. Uh, and some of that too where, you know, I was so young that, you know, I, I mean, you know, I was a people pleaser. Yeah. I wanted everyone to like me. Uh, I, you know, if, if someone on Twitter didn't like me, I wanted to figure out why they didn't like me. And then, you know, as I got older, you know, now I'm 29 years old as I sit here today, there was a certain level of relief that kind of has come over me, especially when I left and kind of went on my, I didn't know people would listen. I, I you know, I was yeah. just like, I, who knows? But, you know, regardless the situation, one third of the people are going to like you. One third of the people are going to hate you. And one third of the people don't care. And as right. long as you kind of work under that, you're going to be all right. For you, it's like, I, I, I lose everyone from Duke. <laughs> I lose anyone who You know what's funny Carolina. about these Duke people? What? They love me. Really? Because they hate so much. Like, they, like, it's a very strange thing. And I, and I, I can boil it down to Michael Jordan and LeBron, right? This is what we do in sports. When people watch Michael Jordan, they watch to see him win. When people watch LeBron, they watch to see him lose, in my opinion. So it's like with Duke's the same thing. Like they watch with hate and Carolina, we like to watch with love. You know what I mm. mean? So it's like these people, because I send and bring the hate, it's like their love language. That's how they actually interact. they're rotten <laughs> deep down in their core. <laughs> That's who they are. Right. They're hateful people. And they're like, <laughs> I see hate and I respond with hate. And uh, I've actually had more Duke people reach out since the changing of the guard than Carolina people. Because wow. I mean, Carolina people are like, well, I could do like I, I should be talking about Carolina, not this guy. Which you know, fair enough, right? You, you right. feel that the way. The stakes are higher. But the Duke people are like, no, you are the one that that grinded my gears. You are the one that I want to have as the face of Carolina because I want to destroy you. And I think it's flattering. And uh, to all those Duke people, I just want to say thank you because uh, it warms my heart at some level because that's what the rivalry's about. That's all I ever wanted: Lakers, Celtics. You know, it's good when you're right. part of a, a all time rivalry in sports. It makes it more fun. And we don't have a lot anymore because people, especially the generation right underneath you, they refer to the players more than the teams. Yeah, they don't care. Yeah. And now the rivalries are just going to become player related. Exactly. It's going to be like Embiid versus Giannis. But then it, it gets harder because the guys all like each other. Yeah. Like, Except for Giannis, though. Yeah, Giannis. The deep one down, thing I like about you. I yeah, mean, deep I, down, it seems like he's I, kind of a badass. With this I haven't stuff. talked to you in, in, in a while about NBA basketball, but yeah. from uh, during my time away, I will say this: Giannis Antetokounmpo, you have my attention. Mm. Fully have my attention. So much so as a Jordan man myself. Yeah, I, I wake up in the middle of the night, four a.m., and start thinking about Giannis becoming maybe one of the greatest of all time. He certainly seems like he has the work ethic. He has the work ethic. And the chip on his shoulder. I know one thing. All these guys, they're, you know, vacation, they're going to be doing whatever they need to do, go wherever. I know one person's going to be in the gym. His name's Giannis Antetokounmpo. I like that he has like a little instant support system of actual people, not just right. 
that people like Tom Brady has around him. They're just like <laughs> using him and siphoning his money. And yeah, exactly. Um, but like in Giannis's case, it's people he's related to who care about him and protect him. Jokic has this too, ironically. I like both of those. Jokic guys. has like his two bouncer brothers who are like <laughs> they're the most fascinating guys in the league. I mean, Jokic pretty much knocked Markeith Morris out for an entire season. <laughs> and their whole thing was like, don't fuck with the Morris brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But he fucked with the Morris brothers. Right, guess right. what? He's fine. He's yeah. still putting up triple doubles. He was like, I'll be an enforcer as yeah. well. He's like, like, I'm right here. Yeah. If you if you need to get, get me back. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun. It was fun to watch you evolve. The show, the college hoop show with Titus took off pretty quickly because we launched it. We had like a really good plan for it was right heading into the tournament. You didn't really have a lot of competition. Yeah. And and you guys clicked and then you were getting the reps with Lombardi too. And then I I remember I told Kyle, you came on my podcast last year and I was like, man, Tate went up a level. Like I could feel it <laughs> in the pod. I was like, Tate's just le like legitimately good at this now. Yeah. But you know, it was, it was, it was fun to watch you Go up the ladder. I'm from Henderson, North Carolina. Yeah. I couldn't really talk, you know, when I first came here, you know, like at, at a national level, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's just, it's hard for us, you know what I mean? So I, I came out and it took a while to kind of get, you know, my feet underneath me. And honestly, you mentioned that because uh, last year I was at the Big East tournament when that, when I came on your show and we were talking about Coach K. And at that time we were talking about Coach K losing at Cameron. And we thought that was the finale. Yeah. Little did we know what we were going to lead into, but I was at the Big East tournament. I was at the games. I was in the tunnel of MSG. I was talking to Jim Calhoun and he was, you know, just telling me about <laughs> random things. And I just felt like, I just felt like I, I could do it, you know? Yeah. And before when I was younger and things like that, I could, I would talk myself out of it. And that was kind of the time it clicked last year. And to get back a year later to be here, if you had told me that last year that I would have a chance to come back, do OSP, work with you guys again, have Kyle with his tattoo right next to me. I mean, it's I would have really Kyle. Yeah, I, I would have said, uh, sign me up a hundred times out of a hundred, which I also think was maybe a misconception from the outside looking in too, because I did always appreciate the experience, you know? It was never like I left with a bad taste in my mouth. If anything, yeah, yeah. I was like, I wanted to prove to you and prove to myself that, hey, I could do it, you know? And I, and I felt like Sometimes people need to leave, right. you know? And, and, it helps them grow in whatever ways and it also helps them appreciate things they might not appreciate or whatever. All right. Kyle and I were talking about you coming back for really since that time you were on my podcast a year ago and it would always come up, especially after Kyle had a couple of drinks, which is <laughs> five nights a week. Um, but I think over the summer we talked about it yeah. and then you came to one of my son's football games and we hung I out live, that I day. I live right next Yeah, you live there yeah. and and Kyle, Kyle was the one who never gave up. Kyle was like, remember Forrest Gump when he's just on the porch, just kind of waiting for Jenny to show up for months and months. And then one day Jenny comes out, Jenny comes out of the back and he's like, Jenny. And I'm Kyle's Jenny. You're Kyle's Jenny. He was just staring on the porch, having a cig, drinking a tequila, just yeah. kind of waiting, waiting to see you coming out of the distance. And then all of a sudden, so we were talking about it like three months ago and he's like, I, I think this could happen. I'm like, 
I would love for this to happen. So yeah, and then it just kind of unfolded the way it did, and it would it always seemed logical. It always seemed like uh, I don't know. In my head, it always felt, and even my parents, you know, my my mom and dad would always say that to me because I mean, you know, we we had a great show going at the time. I didn't know what was going to happen with that. I thought there was a world in which that it would keep going. So I yeah. mean, I don't want to you know say anything different than that. But my parents always said to me, they were like. I think there's a world in which you get back with Bill like that. That'll be the the time where you kind of feel settled, you know, and then that will make them feel settled because they knew that there was a little bit in me. You know, I was first employee of the ringer. I was yeah. so proud. You know, the, everything happened with Spotify after I left. I felt like a little detached right. did, yeah. from all that sort of stuff. So to be able to come back and then have that history of my career kind of connected and have that connective tissue. I mean, it was, uh, makes my family happy, makes me happy. And, uh, this is kind of like, you know, your mom's cooked for me. She brought, she made me baked goods once. Yeah. She, she wants to make sure you call it pecan, not pecan. She, <laughs> she gave you pecan pie, not pecan pie. Yeah. That was, uh, she said that she would make you as many pies as you needed. If, uh, if hey, all this pie came would through. be good. Yeah. She could mail one. <laughs> one I would have a slice. Yeah. Kyle will have a couple pies. Yeah. We'll get him some pies, but yeah, it's, uh, it honestly just, it, it's, it's like uh poetic almost, you know? So it just feels right. Well, I think for this pod, the the secret sauce is going to be the college troop season, but then also that you care about the NBA too, and you can look through that lens. And we also, I think, have so many toys at our disposal, like people like Kyle Mann and yeah. Kevin O'Connor. We have uh, Rob Mahoney, all these different people from the NBA college troops world that you can tap into, which, you know, it, it's funny the way we built it the first like year and a half of, of the ringer is basically like we were just throwing shit against the wall, <laughs> Yeah, which I still stand by. And I think it was a good idea. And I think a lot of good things came out of it. And also but, how many other places have tried to copy the whole idea of like, let's create a podcast network and let people throw shit at the wall. You know, right, right. how many times have we seen that? Yeah, we actually over? succeeded. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, I think, the way we did it led to a lot of good outcomes. You yeah. Know, and you were one of the good outcomes. Yeah, it's great. And uh, yeah, all those guys, Kyle Mann, Kevin O'Connor, I mean, I've stayed in touch with them. I always appreciate it. It's a different brain than my brain when it comes to watching basketball. Like, yeah. The way that I watch basketball to give like a, a, an anecdote of what I find fascinating is I remember in the finals in 1991, not that I remember it because I wasn't born, but I remember when I was watching the finals as a kid on VHS, Game one, the Bulls lose, right? They play they play the Lakers, they lose, and everyone's like, oh, the Lakers, they're they're still yeah. here. They're still MJ's not do ready. It. MJ's not ready for the moment. Game two, what do the Bulls do that is so different and so transcendent that everyone's like, wow, what a great call? Something simple. They bounce passes. Everything yeah. is bounce passes because guess what? Magic Johnson's a tall guy. He doesn't want to bend down and deal with bounce passes. They end up winning the next four games. They win it in five games. Michael Jordan, shoot him to the moon. But it's just a, this little thing that they did. And it's something that is very not, you know, I don't need to hear your wins above replacement. I don't need to hear, you know, this, this and that with your defensive metrics or whatever. It's just like, oh, bounce passes. You know, that is how my brain works with basketball. With little things like that that fascinate me. And those stories fascinate me. Mm. And like, I can talk to someone like Kyle Mann and tell him something as bare bones as that. And then he can get into the weeds. And that's what I'm excited about. Thanks for bringing up that series. Cause <laughs> the Bulls beat the Lakers in OT. And I think I had the Lakers minus two. And I think that was the series where I had to pretend I was joining a gym <laughs> to get money from my mom Yeah, there you go. to pay some people back. 
It's like, yeah, Jim, I'm going to be working out a lot this summer. Right, right. I think that was a gym membership series for me. That sounds good. I mean, yeah, it, maybe now they call it like a Peloton series. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. That's the, the yeah, modern I'm version. Get a Peloton. Of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a gym membership series for me. But that Fucking was. Fucking MJ learned a very valuable lesson. Don't bet against Michael Jordan. Don't ever bet against yeah, Michael Jordan. Nothing worse than having money on the other team mm. in a Michael Jordan playoff game where it's like, oh my God, what did I just do? This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. So have you redirected now that Coach K has <laughs> left us and now is just making bad inspirational documentary Masterclass, yeah. All that stuff. Um, and he's moved into that phase of his life. Is LeBron now the target for you? Because this LeBron Jordan thing, where <laughs> if you like LeBron, that means you don't like Jordan, which means you don't like Tate. Right, so it's, like, it's like a personal attack. At it that does. Point. It does feel uh, a little bit like that. I will say that LeBron at thirty, it probably started at thirty-seven. I stopped. I, I stopped getting mad at him. You know, I yeah. actually started giving him the benefit of the doubt. Oh, that's good. Like I'm like, it's not your fault, LeBron. And maybe it's because he was an executive producer on one of the projects that I made that I maybe let that slide a little bit. Who yeah. knows? Who's to say? Who's could to be. say? Could um, be one of the but, things. But that's that was uh, about two years ago. I said, you know what? LeBron's 37 years old. The fact that he's getting 30 and 10 is impressive. I give him a pass. You know who I don't give a pass? Anthony Davis. <laughs> Anthony Davis. Right. You turn your ire to him. I like it. What do I like more than anything? American basketball, Team USA specifically. And if you look at the NBA right now, who is the guy that's supposed to be our number one guy as far as the, the Giannis and the Jokic and Embiid? It's, it's Anthony Davis. Point. He's supposed to be that guy. What are we doing in like 2028? What are we doing? We we are very I didn't even think of that. Right. And that's why I look at Anthony. If you look Davis. at the six best under 30 guys, Davis is supposed to be one of them, it's not. Yeah. But it's four foreign guys. Tatum. Yep. That's why Probably I, give ja. Tatum, I give Tatum the respect because Tatum drives me crazy the entire game until the final four minutes. Mm-hmm. And he always delivers. He's still getting better. Yeah. He's he's a better end of the game guy than I think he gets credit for. There's some good advantage. He's a great closer. That's what he has. That that to me, like the clutch gene, that dumb thing that people say, that kid has it. I will say the thing that I love this year is because he added the passing 
as last year went along and became like a pretty good creator. Mm-hmm. Not like amazing, but good, like solid. Right. This year he's been rebounding. I fucking love when guys rebound. Yeah. Like that was always my favorite Larry Bird thing was like if he didn't, if he was having a shitty game, he would just go in and get 15 rebounds, 20 rebounds. Yeah. And Tatum does that now. Like Tatum can have a bad game, but he'll still, like the Sixers game on Saturday night, they won. He made the big shot at the end. He wasn't a good game for him for three quarters, but he finished with like, you know, 13 rebounds, seven assists. Like that's, he's filling the stat sheet. Yeah. And he plays hard and he gives a shit. And I think, and he plays games. He actually plays the basketball schedule. And he's legit. I, they did the Malika Andrews did this like sit down with the future of the NBA with the four guys. You know, it was like Ja, Luca, Tatum, and Donovan I unfortunately Mitchell. I saw some of that. Yeah. I saw, I watched all of it, unfortunately. Yeah, it was, uh, but it was, the one thing I liked about Tatum, tough. Tatum was honest. Yeah. They asked him, they said, who's the best player in the league? They all know who the best player in the league is. It's Giannis. Yeah. And the only people that don't say Giannis is because he's not nice to them. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's just the facts. So to, to watch Tatum sit there, a guy who has gone head to head with Giannis and say that, I'm like, okay, like that. Like that that confidence. I like that you're admitting that. That that shows me something. And also, he might be the best American. Kevin's getting older. I mean, KD and AD are the two guys right now for American basketball that we have to have. And both and of them KD are injured. probably the most important. The most important. Yeah, because he's still the most automatic two points. It's funny, like, LeBron was always the mountain from basically when the Kobe era ended. Yep. Um, early, after Kobe had the, the two titles, then they lost the next year. And then it kind of became LeBron. LeBron slowly figured it out. It was those two Miami teams. Goes to Cleveland, makes the four finals. In 2018, LeBron, that was the last time where it was like, if I have to win the title, I know I have to go through this guy. Yes. And then it was kind of hodgepodge. It was like Kawhi. Um, it was Giannis not quite ready yet. Now it's Giannis. And when the Celtics got through him last year, it felt like winning the title. Yeah. And he's still that guy. And that's why what you're saying is like, he's definitely the best guy. Jokic is the best regular season player. We'll see if Jokic can be the best guy in the playoffs. But if I'm in a playoff series, that's the guy I don't want to see. Yeah. And the one thing that I wanted to point out and ask you about, which I find fascinating, is Giannis should have won, in my opinion, Giannis should have won three MVPs in a row. But there was yeah. this knock that he couldn't because he hadn't won a title, right? That was like, everyone was like, well, he can't win three MVPs because he's not an NBA champion. And then I'm looking at the Jokic situation because Bird won two titles in his three MVP years, right? So He won, he won three in a row and he won the title 84 and 86 and honestly should have won in 85 too. Yeah, so there you go. So he could have won three titles and three MVPs all together. That would be the perfect you know setup for everyone. But... Jokic, I think he deserves the MVP, but it, it feels like the 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 conversation has changed because Giannis, oh, he can't be a three time MVP, but right. Jokic can be, and that that to me is a fascinating conversation. Who was having that conversation? Like people at the Frolic Room? <laughs> were they were there actual people with credentials? <laughs> I think it was at the Frolic Room, right, Kyle? Wasn't that us? What I never understood that? that this happened last year, so then it yeah. can't happen this year thing. Because I just I'm a Giannis guy, so I, I was confused why Giannis couldn't win three in a row, you know, or or so so to speak, he couldn't win three to row, three in a row. And now it seems like it's fine. Now it seems like I no feel, one cares. I feel really good because I I've had a vote for like 10, 11 years, and I don't really regret an MVP choice. I even had yeah the year Westbrook won, where I was pretty adamant. I was like, I can't do it. I think I voted for Harden. I voted for Harden twice in a row. I don't even like watching Harden play basketball. I'm a, I like really care about this stuff. Yeah. Jokic is the best regular season player 
for the third straight year. Um, but I, I still feel like Giannis is the most meaningful player. That's the last piece Jokic has to take is like, I am now the hardest guy to go through for in any playoff round. When the, I've said that, I said this on my podcast, when the Celtics beat Giannis, I felt like we survived him. I didn't even feel like we beat him. Like we somehow got through right. this fucking test. Gauntlet. He's just, he's such a beast. And that's <laughs> what LeBron was like. Like LeBron in 2018, the game seven against the Celtics and it was a young Celtics team, no Kyrie, Hayward wasn't there, whatever. But LeBron played all 48 minutes in the game seven. Like he was incredible. Yeah. And controlled the pace. His team sucked. And just like him making the finals was incredible. And I, I think Giannis... I think Jokic can get there, though. I really think Jokic. I think is he special. can too. I think there is a there is a best case scenario for basketball where there is Nikola Jokic versus Giannis Antetokounmpo in the finals. I think that That'd would be, be amazing. amazing. That'd and be I, an amazing matchup, and I the, think it would be great for I even mean, the Celtics didn't make it. Well, but. even if the oh, I well, yeah, I think this year the weirdly <laughs> I would the, bet on Milwaukee if if I had, and I think the Celtics team is better than last year, no question. But I just think if Milwaukee's gonna be healthy, that's gonna be the hardest team. Yeah. I don't think Milwaukee will win until they trade Grayson Allen. <laughs> is he your new guy? Yeah, that's. I think that's my new guy. Maybe that's my number one I'll tell one you guy. this in the Celtics series. He was one of our best assets. Of course. It's like, play him 30 minutes. Right, right. Not afraid of any. The only thing you're afraid of with him is that he's going to trip one of your guys. Yeah, which is fine. Or shove one of your guys out of bounds <laughs> and they chip their elbow or something. Yeah, I mean, he. I don't, I don't, Grayson seems like a nice kid. I saw him one time uh, at Summer League and he was very nice. Talked to him for like five minutes. So I, I don't, not personal, but just from the Carolina side of it, I think they will not win until they trade him or release him, whatever they want to do. Kyle, turn the TikTok camera on. I'm going to do a special <laughs> TikTok camera and go for it. This is just for you, Tate. Yeah. Jason Tatum, I think he saved college basketball by being a good NBA player. Okay. If it's not for him, it's just the foreign guys. Right. It's the guys who they had to go outside America to really learn the right kind of work ethic to succeed as pros. No, Tatum is in there. He's he's battling. He's battling for the soul of America. Yeah. For the soul of American basketball. And I told you, I'm a Team USA guy, so I'm sitting here and I'm don't care about that. I'm having to root for Jason Tatum. Yeah, like I, I'm I'm having to stick my neck out and say, you know what? I respect this guy. He and Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker, the three of them are guys. Booker's that, another guy. Yeah, there's some guys that I think have their hearts in the right place. There's no question. But that's why I like uh, KD to me and you. You and I, when we did all the KD interviews, I think that's why he kind of uh, endeared himself to us because KD's a little bit old school, especially with the Team USA stuff. Like he obviously got tampered with when he went over and won the gold medal, you know. And yeah. now he's in Phoenix with Devin Booker. But like I like that. That that's what Team USA kind of like turned into in this 21st century. So the fact that Katie's still doing that, I'm like, okay, I, I see that and I like that. Yeah, you, me, and Tommy, went, we did like six KD podcasts, something like that. <laughs> yeah, right. That's crazy. And then for the last one, you Kyle was my producer, so we brought Kyle. Right. And I got to say, to your credit, Katie kind of side-eyed Kyle for a second and had to look like, where's Tate? Just I, I could just feel it from him for yeah. two seconds. And Kyle had to win one of the 15 greatest players of all time over, which he did. Yeah, quickly. of course he did. I mean, he but I was... thought it was a credit to you that Ky KD was like, where's, this isn't the same crew as the other times. Yeah, I think it was K like we were a crew to him. I went to, uh, I went to KD originally and basically was just like, you should have gone to Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that, that's what got him. He was like, I almost went to Carolina. Well, and I was like, tell me your story. <laughs> one of those pods, I was giving him shit about, I was like, why are you like so like, oh, I'm a longhorn. I mean, you were there for like eight months. And yeah. He was like, 
It's the first place I ever had a bed, and it was like record scratch. It was like, oh, okay, yeah, right. I get it. Yeah, you but get it. it but yeah. he was like, he got all like sent, like kind of deep about it. About this is a place like I even I was there eight nine months, but I became like a fucking man. Yeah, I had a bed, I had a room. Yeah, I had all these things I'd never had before. I loved that place. Yeah, coming out of the PG way he explained County. it, I was like, I get it. Yeah, and remember he was playing NCAA basketball, and he had North Carolina as his team, and I was like, wait a second. Why do you have North Carolina then? Oh, that's right. <laughs> what was his answer? He just said that he liked their roster better. He was like, I like their starting five. But it was, he was playing like NCAA basketball 09. Yeah. This is like 2017. He was just playing it in between. Interesting guy. I, I find him fascinating. And again, I'm an American basketball guy. So he's our, he's our number one guy right now. Like LeBron's not coming to save us anymore. You know, no, I appreciate not. all of his efforts. Steph Curry may come back to help us but although LeBron might do the I want to play in the Olympic team with my son move it's please just, no like double, please don't let that happen it's like the two of us are going to show up to say it's like, is well, there wait. any chance that Bronny ever makes I mean and, and granted Harrison Barnes made a team uh, mm. Mason Plumley made a USA team is there a chance that Bronny ever represents the country uh, in the Olympics I think he needs to grow okay because right now from what I've seen like, he's definitely athletic. He's a very good defensive player. Seems like he'd be fun to play with. Yeah. But he's basically a 6'2 shooting guard. Yeah. And I just, like, what are what are the... I, I'm a big, show me the people who look like this, who played like this, that we've already had. And for him, I don't know who it is. I saw DeAnthony Melton is the name that they're, they're trying to float around. Right, but I, I think... This is a case where the expectation and the pressure is actually not a great thing for him. Yeah. Because I just think like, I think people, the AAU and you get in those videos and stuff and it can portray a certain type of player. But, you know, at some point, if you're at the highest, highest level, you got to bring some awesome thing to the table. If you're going to be like a real, like an above average starter, you either have to be an incredible shooter, an incredible defender, a great athlete with length. You know, somebody or somebody like Josh Giddy, who's just like a connector with the mm -hmm. way he plays. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what that's going to be for him unless if he can get to like six, four, then I think it gets more interesting. And who knows? He might grow. Yeah. LeBron might figure out a way for him to grow. But right now he looks like a six, two shooting guard to me. One of the, uh, the best things I think to watch, at least for the, the common basketball fan that just kind of knows names and knows people or whatever. It's Dewan Wagner's son, DJ Wagner. And Bronny James are in the same class, you yeah. know, and the fact that like Dewan Wagner was one class ahead of LeBron, you know, he had his Cleveland Cavaliers right. jersey and then LeBron they comes in the next together. year. Right. They played together. Exactly. So like they're those two kind of coming up together is a fun second generation story to kind of see where DJ goes and he's in New Jersey right now playing for Camden and to see where Bronny goes, you know, and to keep up with both of their journeys and their trajectories because you know, that's kind of the NBA is weirdly a lot of second generation guys anyway. Now yeah. we're, we're even get. I mean, I guess DJ Wagner's third generation because there's Milt Wagner, then there's Dewan, and now there's DJ. Um, so like those two. And he's always been the guy like since like seventh grade. Yeah. We were hearing about like this is this it's like is him and Mikey Williams and yeah. Robert Dillingham were like right. th those four guards. You kind of even if they've fallen down, you know, the, the, the boards or whatever, you still know their names. The thing with Bronny in college is that that's. That's a lot of pressure and attention for a program and not the right ways. You know, like what? He's got to have the right coach. Yeah. What happens if he's not one of your best five guys as a, as a freshman and you're benching him or you're bringing him off the bench and he's playing fit and he's got to earn his minutes, but he's on a really good team. 
you know, what happens when LeBron's at, at the game and it's a circus and he's playing 12 minutes, what happens when he's on the road and he, and he goes over five and the whole crowd's chanting overrated at him. Yeah. Like these are things that are in play and, and, you know, I just think for a coach, you're weighing that it's a little like, like when Tim Tebow and he clearly <laughs> should have been a backup QB. Not to compare him to Tim Tebow, but you know what I mean? But, but it's like you he, bring in the whole the show. Circus. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. it just wasn't worth it. Yeah. So it, it's going to have to, he's going to have to start, right? So it's going to have to be a team that 100% needs whatever he brings to the table. But that's, a shooting guard is like the, you know, that's the deepest position in college basketball, it's right? a million of them. Everyone wants to put up shots. The guy on his team was better than him. The, the Isaiah, he, I forget his last name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like the number three junior in the country. Right. Right. And he was also a shooting guard. So they, they're navigating that. But, you know, I, I do think he needs two more inches. Yeah. It I might also, not happen. I also think that, you know, the three schools that I've seen, there's Ohio State, which I, I get. I mean, if I was Ohio as a state, I would not let uh, the James family continue to, like, use me for fans. <laughs> right. You know, I would not let like, that happen. Like, we're good. We've yeah, all like, won here. Yeah, we get it. We get it. It doesn't, isn't it Oregon? Don't you think that's going to be who it's it is? Ohio State, Oregon, and then I think uh, USC is the one that I have kind of. Uh, that's I, your favorite? I, I think USC is the perfect. When you talk about being able to control the circus and be able to kind of dictate how things go, Andy Enfield can be pushed over a little bit. I mean, and also, when was like that, their last great moment? Right. I mean, Evan Mobley, you know, that was like the, and Evan Mobley's little Elite Eight run, that was fun. On, you know. So Evan Mobley making the Elite Eight was like the USC highlight. Right. The OJ Mayo year. When they beat uh, Kevin Durant second round, right? Yeah. With Nick Young. That, I mean, like there's right. some of those moments you can point to and say that's like a USC So moment. it might be worth it for them. I, I but think, you're getting LeBron at every game at that point. Exactly. So that, that's, I guess that's good. I think it's a smart USC, play. And you've, yeah. had, you've had like Romeo Miller, Masterpiece Son at yeah. USC. Like you've had high profile kids be there and be on campus and they're not going to, and, and also to me personally, I think Bronny is more of a, uh, like he'll thrive better in a private school setting. And I think that's what USC is. The thing is he, he knows how to play with people. Like he's, I think he's, he's a little bit yeah. of a connector. I actually think he's really good, but I don't, I, I think, don't think he's selfish, which I think no. is, is awesome about the way that he plays. If he's like your fourth guy on a really good team, I think he'd be really good at that. And yeah. he's a really good defensive player. He's got good instincts. I just hope people don't think he's going to come in and average you know, 20 a game, 25 a game. Cause I don't think he's that guy. I think he's more like a glue guy than anything, which yeah. I think is what's interesting about him. But like his team, there's a team in LA Centennial that won three straight. Um, and they're, they have a guy going to Duke who basically was their point guard, Jared McLean. And he beats Harry Kane in two years in a row. He's the best guy on the floor, you know? And, and now you go to college, there's like 40 Jared McLeans. Right. You know? So I think, and you have three transfers from these other schools at right. Ohio or whatever, and they're 22 years old and they're legit and they're ready to go and they they want to take. Or you your get guys neck. from yeah. other countries, like right. hey, it's just it's a real step up. You saw Jaden Hardy in the G League last year, where he was the number two guy in that class and goes to the G League and gets his ass kicked by a bunch of grown men. That's why they won't let him go to the G. I mean, I would not let him go to the G League. G League would be a terrible. It'd be, mistake. A, it'd be a disaster. Yeah. G League's good. Yeah. Like they have a you know a lot of good players and they have fucking adults. Right, you I was gonna be, say those, they go at your neck too. I mean, I was hoping he would do something like, uh, like almost like go to like an Ivy or something like that and just like fun. absolutely kick ass. But I think they want him in a big profile 
school. USC makes a lot of sense. You made a good case. USC would be fun. I think Pepperdine would also never happen, but would be fun and actually would be a great spot for him to be in because Pepperdine has had, you know, one, they have an amazing campus. They have a great coach in Lorenzo Romar that knows how to manage talent. And they also have had like Colby Ross who got drafted a few years ago. They had this kid, Max Lewis, that I've seen, you know, from 15 to 24 this year. That's a sophomore. They got two good guards in their backcourt. They I mean, got another LA kid. They're starting to get the LA kids. Right. You know why? Right. Because people go to that campus and they're like, holy fucking shit. It's the best campus around. It's the be- greatest college campus of all time. They I sh- went to school in Worcester on a hill and it was 30 mile an hour winds <laughs> and it was nice three weeks a year. And you go to Pepperdine and it's like you you think you're in like White Lotus season five. Yeah, exactly. It's unbelievable. They should get every Them and Loyola Marymount. Loyola Marymount got Jared McQueen's teammate. Uh, Aaron McBride, who had the game-winning dunk, but I, I never understood why Loyola Marymount didn't have a million. They should be getting everybody, and they won. They're at, Marina Del Rey, right? And they won at Gonzaga this year for the first time yeah. since the Hank Gathers team. So yeah. they they're uh, they're kind of turning the wheels a little bit and greasing the wheels to get ready. It should be the dominant conference when you think about it. Of course, the they, WCC's Gonzaga. Awesome. They have they have two really good California schools, and just in general, like West Coast. And St. Mary's. St. Mary's. Yeah, St. Mary's could go to the Final Four this year. Yeah, they should be, like, battling. Because all the other conferences, just splinter teams going in and out. But, like, the the WAC's been the same schools, I think, for the whole time I can remember, right? Yeah, it's pretty much like a, it's a nice pedigree there. And then it's also, you know, you have the history of, like, a San Francisco, right? And then San Francisco had a nice moment. That's another team that should have a good school. Right. I mean, a good team. Right. And with Bill, I mean, the Bill Russell connection, there's, there's a lot of growth on the West Coast. That's why I'm happy to be in LA. And it's easy to watch good basketball. That's the that's the other fun it's part. Good to watch good basketball. One more thing before we get out of here, Bill. I, yeah. I know we've taken a lot of your time. I just uh college basketball, we got March Madness coming up right now. Yeah. Uh is there a team that you want that's on your band on your radar that you want to get on their bandwagon that you're like, I I would like to support these guys. I would like to be uh, a fan as as someone who kind of parachuted into March. Great question. Um, I'm always going to root for the Patriot League representative, Love whoever that. that is. This year, it's probably going to be Colgate. It hasn't happened yet, but Colgate's been really Colgate's good. Colgate's been good, yeah. Yeah, the Red Raiders. <laughs> I, I'm i rooting for the Purdue guy, the seven foot four guy. Zach Eady. Yeah, I, I'm in on Purdue just like kind of blowing up college basketball and just going back to like the George Mikan era. That's with, like what a tall guy in lobs. Yeah. And just him turning around and... And uh, two dribbles, li- yeah. little Ewing theory potential with them with Jaden Ivey leaves next year. They win without him. But I think, and plus like Purdue, like it's always impossible to take them seriously with March Madness. <laughs> so I haven't made one. the final four since 1980. Do you have a team that you think I would like that uh, uh, isn't on my radar yet? Ooh, I think there's a team. Uh, there's a lot of like eight, nine teams that I think that you could have some fun with. NC State is a team that I could see you hopping oh, 40 on. Forty year anniversary. Forty year anniversary of the Cardiac Pack, uh, and you know they went and won the title against Houston on an air ball. People forget Lorenzo Charles. That was a big bandwagon jump for me. I actually watched a bunch of their games that year. Yeah, yeah. I mean that they're a fun team this year, and uh, they have two great guards or three guards really, Casey Morcel as well. Um, and they have this guy DJ Burns, who is uh, Kyle going to be Kyle's favorite player once we get to March. He's a big boy. He's probably about 250, 260. Hmm. Um, he was a five-star recruit, went to Tennessee. He played there with like Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield and those oh, guys. Admiral. Then he transferred to Winthrop, was the Big South Player of the Year, 
and then transferred to NC State. Uh, and now this is his last year at NC State. So, so he's a double transfer? Double, well, that's college basketball What's now. happened to college sports? I know. My it's God. insane. Now you got like three schools you can hang your hat on, you know, and say, Jesus. I went here, I went there, I went there. Uh, so NC State's fun. And then Arkansas, uh, the must bus, Eric Musselman. Mm. Uh, they have a lot of talent. There's a kid, Anthony Black, on their team who is, uh, he's, uh, I mean, he plays point guard, but he looks like a small forward. He's like 6'7", has all the tools in the tool shed. Got to work on his jump shot a little bit, but if you watch Arkansas and you watch him and Ricky Council the fourth, I think you'd be. Uh, I think you'd be Ricky hard. Ricky Council the fourth. The fourth. Oh, that you know, I love that. And he's from Durham, North Carolina. You know, I love that. So uh, yeah, those. The, if that team was fully healthy, uh, and they just got Nick Smith back, who was you know top five pick potentially. Um, so they're a team that if they're an eight nine and they play like a Purdue or you know they play a Houston, that could be a really tough matchup. My dad's still pissed that we didn't name my son Ben bill because he would have been a fourth i i think you should and after seeing what happened to ben simmons i feel like uh well but now i think that's a win for my ben simmons though exactly i still feel like he has a chance to be the number one ben simmons you should honestly tell ben that every single day be like, like we talk ben- about it before he goes to sleep at night <laughs> like ben simmons has, has opened the door for ben simmons to be great yeah ben simmons <laughs> is mad at kyle i don't know if we want to share this on the pod what's going on yeah he's mad about christmas eve still he thinks you wanted to punch him at Christmas Eve. Kyle, Kyle was overserved at Christmas Eve, and I was. And he thought Ben was talking tough, and he's like, "Ben, have you ever been punched in the face?" Oh, nice. But he wasn't like Kyle wasn't saying he was going to do it, but he was just like, "You don't know how tough you are until you've been punched in the face." He's and not ben, wrong. Ben was kind of like, "I know I'm tough," and Kyle's like, "I think he might need to get punched in the face." <laughs> and Ben took that to me. Kyle wanted to punch him in the face, and I don't know if they've talked since. <laughs> <laughs> you guys haven't broken bread about yeah. punching each other in the face. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta solve this Ben Kyle thing. I like. Uh, I, I was like, I don't think Kyle wanted to punch you in the face. I think he was making the point. Right. And he's like, no, I think he wanted to punch me in the face. He kept side eyeing me, and I was like, I was sitting between you. He definitely didn't want to punch you. I will say, after seeing Ben's high school game, I like the way that Ben carries himself out there. You know, he's got like a Danny Amendola. You know, he's got like yeah. a nice like moxie to him. You know, well, he just put on twenty pounds of muscle, so he's Oof. he's up to one seventy seven. There you go. So he's and he's hitting these kids in lacrosse now. So he's I think tenth grade will be a good year for him. I will have some good games next year. Yeah, right in up the valley. The, it's right up the road. Yeah, yeah. I literally can walk there, which is insane. You know. So all right, so we'll solve the Ben Kyle thing for the next time I come on. Maybe we can talk about. Um, that resolve. Maybe they'll have to fight. I mean, that'd be great content, right? I mean, I think the original Ringer days, like Facebook video days. Remember when I did that three point shootout with Chris Ryan? Like that. Those oh were the my good, god. Those were the good times. You know? What was the other one? The rea- the reality show. Yeah, that right. Micah did the best on. What, what was that? We. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was like, uh, the, I, what, what was that? It was like the little cross court. We went downtown. What was the name no, of there that? There was a show. It was like, I know what everybody, was it was like Ninja uh, Warrior, right? Ninja, yeah. Something yeah, like that. It was Ninja yeah. Warrior. Yeah. That we went downtown and then everyone had to do it against each other. It was like, uh, yeah, that was wild. That, that was fun time. I remember the first year you were a big part of the office culture <laughs> and Jacoby started to get threatened by it, which yeah. I liked. He was like, I don't like what's going on with this take. Cause Jacoby considered himself like the office Somalier, basically. Of course. He was he was like the glue guy of the office. 
then he started hearing word that you were kind of becoming the glue guy. No, I can never ringer office. And he was like, Tate's on my corner. I don't like this guy. Yeah, no, I mean, and Jacoby sent me some texts back then. He was like, you know, like you're, you you're you on are? my shit list. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, who do you think you are, Tate? But that's why I think this worked out well, though, because you had Jacoby on your podcast on Sunday. Right. So like that was me being the younger one saying, let let my right. let the sensei go first. Let him have his moment. And then I'll follow. We'll sort it out. We'll sort out Ben and Kyle. We'll sort out you and Jacoby. It'll be fun. <laughs> It'll be great. It'll be great. Well, thanks, Bill. I appreciate you coming on. It's great to have you back, Tate. Oof. All right, there you go. Bill Simmons. That was supposed to be 15 minutes, uh, and it turned into 55 minutes, which is something that I have always adored about Bill Simmons. He is uh, he is always down to, to have a chat, and uh, it sounds like you and Ben Simmons are going to get in a fight very soon, so that's, that's going to be know, fun. You know, I didn't have a... We were in a different studio. I didn't have a mic, so I was like... <laughs> I just, I just kind of laugh it off, you know? Took a caught a couple strays there. He was right. I did. I did. I was overserved at uh, at at Christmas dinner. My auntie was not happy about that. Uh, but Merry also, Christmas. by the way, you know, I I moved my desk to the audio space uh, in the in the beginning of the ringer. Uh, my car died. I, I I was pretty resourceful there, and I yeah. asked if I could help. I'm not sure Bill was like, uh, "Hey, go to pods." I think I just did it myself because uh, shout out to Alex Lee, but. I couldn't really drop anything off or pick anything up. So it was just kind of a lot of us staring at each other. I was like, I got to get out of here. I don't think he's going to. Yeah, you were doing like, like you were just doing jobs around the office. Like yeah. you were, you were just like, whatever it takes. And then I think, you know, whatever day it was, we pulled up a session and you were like, oh, I know how to use pro. I know how to edit audio. I begged, I, oh, I kind of lied, but I was just like, I needed something. And I was like, I think Tate looks like he needs lots of help. Because I, I mean, he said you were doing five. I think it was more like eight. By the time I was there, there was a lot yeah. more and there yeah. were, weren't many of us. It got up to 12 at one point. Yeah, we know the numbers. You didn't want to correct them. That's okay. No, I, I actually like hearing Bill's version of it. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's actually, that was more fun than anything to get that version of it. It was yeah. like, okay, well, like you take that, you take what I had and then you put it together and you're like, that's a nice little story. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. It's like no, Shark Tank, meet in the middle. Right, right. It's, <laughs> there's no such thing as the truth. You know, it's everybody's side. So I, I, uh, I loved that time. I, like I said before, we had no idea uh, that we were in the good times, I guess, but now it's even better times. I, I believe that are ahead and that comes to, uh, let's do some cleanup duty here for the people that are listening, obviously. So this is One Shining Podcast. Podcast, and it is not um, with anyone other than myself, Tate Frazier. So this is not going to be one shining podcast with Tate and somebody else. But there is a caveat here because on Tuesdays, to start things out, the Tuesday shows, they will be one shining podcast with Tate Frazier and Kyle Mann. Kyle Mann is uh, a guy that I have uh, gotten to know over the past couple of years. Um, he is a great basketball confidant, a great resource. We have a lot of fun texting each other about, you know, Kentucky and Camelot and Rick Pitino. It obviously always goes back to Rick Pitino, but we talk about all types of things when it comes to college basketball. He does a good job of, uh, you know, making my brain rework and rethink things that I may think with my own bias. So I'm excited to have Kyle in the Tuesday shows. There is a chance, uh, we're hoping, fingers crossed, that Kyle Mann comes out to Los Angeles and we watched the first round of games together. So uh, for the fans at home that are uh, wondering about the actual gameplay and the reactions, we're, we're trying to watch the games live in studio and then do live reactions with myself and Kyle Mann. So that'll be Tuesdays and then obviously throughout the tournament. 
And then on Fridays, uh, we're going to have guests. We're going to have lots of guests because uh, this, is a, this is a real operation, Kyle. I, I, things have changed since the last time I was here. W- way back in the day, I was in like a broom closet with like Jim Lampley talking about uh, <laughs> things with Brian Curtis, you know. Uh, so th- we actually have a booker. We have Spotify. We have some, some ideas for some good guests. You I w- know more people now. I know more people now. I'm going to be honest. I knew no one <laughs> the first time around. I knew nobody other than Bill and uh, random people he'd introduced me to. Like, and the celebrities were like, what the fuck's this guy deal in right, the corner? Why is right. he here? <laughs> Honestly, Kurt Russell was one of the nicest people to me, which that says something. That was one of the people that I looked up to. I'm like, this guy, he gets it. Uh, but yeah, I got some contacts now. Um, I got some people that actually tell me what's going on so I don't sound like an idiot. And if I do sound like an idiot, oh, well. we'll you cut know? it out. Yeah, well, we won't. <laughs> oh, we won't. We won't because that's what this is about. We're supposed to have a good time. We're supposed to have fun. Um, but yeah, we're going to have guests on on Thursday. I'm excited about um, you know trying to build out uh, the, the regular correspondence, right? That's what we really want to find people that fit the OSP product, that want to have fun. KOC. A ringer guy, day one, A1, always down. Chris Vernon. Bruno, come yeah, on. Yeah, come on. Come on. YouTube.com. <laughs> you know, having him come in is going to be great. I'm excited about that. So those two, obviously, Kyle Mann, as I said before, Bill Simmons, some familiar faces, some characters that I dealt with uh, back in the day. A guy by the name of Cousin Sal, uh, I think, is going to come on and have some fun with us. Harry from Against All Odds fame, he's going to come on and have some fun with us. So... Uh, those are just a few of the names. And then, you know, of course, we're going to have some former players like uh, Johnny Juzang, Kyle. We're going to reach out to Johnny Juzang. Ty Jerome's in the running. Ty Jerome's in the running. Shout out to Ty Jerome. Send it in, Jerome, one of the legends. Uh, you know, obviously a national champion. So we got a lot of guys that we're going to reach out to. Also, Google a bunch of celebrities who who like basketball right. teams. So maybe we'll just start throwing lines in the water. I mean, can we get Ashley Judd? That's <laughs> I literally number one on the Google. We so. started the show and all I ever wanted was Ashley Judd, but no one will make it happen for me. So please, if you're listening, Ashley Judd, Kyle Mann's a Kentucky guy. Maybe he knows someone that can bring yeah. Ashley Judd in. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, But anyways, that's the plan. We're going to have the Tuesdays with Kyle Manns, the Fridays with the guests. Sometimes it'll be just Kyle and I having fun, hanging out, telling some stories. I might do a few couple monologues. Bill uh, wants me to, you know, do some live reactions to things as they happen in real time because I'm around. There's a microphone I can talk into it and we'll have fun with it. Um, this first weekend, just uh, more more uh, cleanup duty here. I will be in Chapel Hill for the North Carolina Duke game. I will be there with my family. I will be not actually officially turning 30, but my mom and my dad and my family will be throwing my 30th birthday party in Chapel Hill on that Friday. Um, So this couldn't have come at a better time. It's going to be great to see North Carolina Duke in person. It is something that is grounding for me. It's it's a game that kind of brings me back to, to who I am as a person. Um, and seeing these two storied programs, even though it's different, obviously, because we have Shire and we have Hubert Davis, it's still Carolina Duke. I'm excited for that. Maybe we'll we'll do like a little Saturday, um, you know, thought exercise where we just dump our thoughts after Carolina hopefully wins. And if they lose, then that I never said that. Don't worry about it. I'm not doing that. So, uh, but yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm really excited about everything that's ahead. There's so much in college basketball. This first week is just getting it off the ground, right? This is just, uh, we're back. We're talking about basketball. We're excited for it all. Next week, we got conference tournaments that are coming up. We'll do some previews for that. We'll get some live reactions. I'm thinking, I'm tinkering with the idea of going to see the Pac-12 tournament. Um, field I, trip. I, yeah, a little field trip, right? That might be fun. And also, I'm going to say this. Uh, this is a big... Maybe I'm sticking my neck out too far early, but I think we might have a West Coast champion this year. Uh, We have not had a West Coast champion since 1997 uh, when the Arizona Wildcats did it with Lute Olsen. 
UCLA and Arizona are two teams that have my attention. Gonzaga has my attention and St. Mary's has my attention. So those four teams I would all watch out for, uh, you know, coming up. But we'll get into all that as it's coming up the next couple of weeks. Again, this has been One Shining Podcast. This is the return. I'm so excited. I'm so appreciative. I'm so grateful. Everyone, any friend of the program and beyond that has been a part of this journey or is joining for the first time, you have no idea how much I appreciate it. And I cannot wait to try and entertain and talk about the game I love so much. Again, this has been One Shining Podcast. I'm Tate Frazier signing off. Kyle, anything else before we get out of here? We'll see you Friday. I'm doing a lot of work this uh, month. Every time there's going to be a, a tournament game, we'll be working that night. Yeah. And then we'll cool off for a little bit. But uh, yeah, uh, don't go anywhere else. We got you this this tournament. OSP, One Shining Podcast. We're going to have some, some more stuff coming your way as we figure this thing out. But again, we're off the ground. OSP is back and I can't wait. Thanks, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.